What if you could unlock the extraordinary power within you? Join us on our Human Potential podcast as we explore the limitless possibilities, the holy trinity of mind, body, and spirit. Discover easy-to-action tips, inspiring stories, and expert advice to help you tap into your highest potential and live a life of purpose and fulfillment. For a free transformational tool, go to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free. We are live. I'm here with the amazing Leah Still, a beautiful, beautiful friend of mine who is a creator, a conscious creator. I know she's created several businesses, seven bigger businesses, and she has a very special and unique energy that you're going to get to experience the magic like I have. And I guess yeah, the first thing I want to start with is what you do and your work, right? And from your bio, and people are going to have links to your bio where they can read a lot more about what you do and what you're bringing to the world. There's a very specific term that kind of stood out to me, right? And it was this term around slavery consciousness. I was like, oh, that's an interesting exploration and an interesting discussion that we can have. So I'd love to know your thoughts on that and what you mean by that. And yeah, let's let's jump into that. Yeah, sure. So, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and excited for this conversation. Slavery consciousness. Yeah, so financial slavery consciousness for me is the lens and the construct, really, that I believe that all beings on this planet are living underneath at this time. Because the reality is that no matter where on planet Earth we're born right now, we are born essentially to be compliant commodities for our governments and our financial institutions and organizations. And we're leveraged, like really we're leveraged from the time of our birth to incur debt for our countries, to secure loans. And that creates an energetic reality for us as we move through life. And it is the opposite of sovereignty and freedom. And so for me, I'm really passionate about helping people first and foremost, understand that that's what's going on, acknowledge how it's impacting them in their lives, and then also deconstruct the programming and conditioning that kind of keeps us trapped and stuck in those frequency bands or states of consciousness, essentially. Well, and that's really interesting, right? Especially that last point about how we deconstruct, because this podcast is about human potential and the idea of this and the construct of this and the consciousness of this podcast is to give people value, is to provide them with tools, is to give them something very actionable in their lives, right? And we hit on something straight away here around deconstructing, removing these blocks, these energetic blocks, these denser frequencies that are very present in our life and very present around money, right? Because what you're essentially talking about is money. You know, when we look at this, we have to consider that we have many resources and we are manipulated and controlled in relation to all of those resources. So financial slavery, so there's a slavery consciousness that exists when it comes to our resources. And I think that we're in a day and age right now in the evolution of humanity where we're actually changing more from a money-based resource reality to just resources. So our time, our energy, and our money. Thank you. Thank you for discerning between the two, because I think equally have it have their own kind of consciousness, money, time, resources, absolutely. And 
I want to explore the money thing a bit more, but let's let's not go there. I just want to go back to the kind of breaking away and, and you know, breaking the chains of this slavery kind of consciousness that you've talked about. Something that, you know, that you've done in your life, uh, something that our listeners can kind of go, oh, maybe that, maybe I'm going to try that out. Yeah, I mean, I think that the first thing is just a recognition of how powerful we are as creators of our reality. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we have to step into doing that level of mindset work where we start to recognize and realize that our external reality is a direct uh, reflection of our internal reality. And so doing whatever it takes to begin to step into the highest expression of who we came here to be from a mindset perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, meditation and journaling and, you know, all of that stuff that we're doing to kind of tap into quantum consciousness, essentially. And then through that process of self-reflection and self-accountability and self-responsibility, we then begin to look at the programming and conditioning that creates the limiting beliefs that actually hold us back. And then we can begin to deconstruct those. So, and there's, you know, lots and lots of different ways that we can deconstruct those limiting beliefs. One of which is I have an emotional clearing modality that I co-created with Dr. Michelle Patrick, who I think you also are having on the show or have had on the show. Big shout Um, out to Dr. Michelle. Yeah, big shout out to Michelle. So we have a uh, emotional clearing modality called emotional resonance clearing that actually uses five element theory and emotional clearing to tap in and clear stuck and stagnant emotional pathology from the organs and meridian systems of the body. Wow. So that's yeah. one way to go about doing that. Why, but, why you know, haven't I experienced this Leah, with you? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's something we're going to do. You know, there's lots and lots of different modalities and ways to go about deconstructing programming and conditioning. But I do think it's important for us to remember that our decision and our awareness are two of the most powerful tools that we have and that we don't actually need to rely on something outside of ourselves. Now, yes, like there's incredible hacks and modalities that can help us get there quicker. But if we don't have the ability to, you know, financially invest in some of these modalities, the commitment to be disciplined and dedicated in the discovery of our limiting beliefs and the things that are holding us back, and then our decision to shift and change those things in our reality is just as powerful as any modality that's out there. Yeah, that's very that's very beautiful. And, and what I'm hearing actually from, from your response, and please, you know, chime in if, if I've got this slightly, if I'm slightly off key here, is that we get to make a decision that I want to do the inner work. Right? And it's from that that choice that we make, we become aware of the hundreds of different modalities that are out there that we get to experience to facilitate this inner work that we're doing. So it actually starts with the choice, right? That's how it's like for me. I'm sure that's how it's like for you. I made a decision like, I know there's something more out there and I'm going to choose to explore that. And from there, a book came into my life. And then from a book, a course came into my life. And from a course, a mentor came into my life. And from a mentor, another mentor came into my life. And they were just teaching me this whoa, energy, frequency, vibration, healing, all this different kind of knowledge and wisdom. And so, yeah, it starts with a choice, right? Yep, absolutely. Cool. So there's something, something else that, uh, that you said 
in a beautiful response that kind of kind of stood out to me. And it was around this idea of, and it goes back to the original point around slavery consciousness, right? And and financial slavery. It's like what caused you to go and explore that part of consciousness, consciousness of the infinite. So I guess I'm asking, yeah, what, you know, my calling is doing this podcast and spreading consciousness in a very holistic way. You've gone into a very beautiful lane, let's call it, around finance and resources. And I was just wondering what the story was that drove you to that. Well, I was raised by a single mom who was a, was continually in pursuit of higher education and wanting to better herself. She was the daughter of school teachers, very poor school teachers from Idaho in the Midwest in in the United States. And yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was raised in a household where I was an only child and I was alone most of the time. I was a latchkey kid. I was walking home from school by myself at five years old and letting myself into a house and staying alone until like six or seven o'clock at night when my mom got home from work. And then many times then was with a sitter because she was going on to a class or another job. And I just recognized the limitations from a very early age and was really motivated financially and by money to not live that kind of life. I knew that there had to be a better way. And I was really quite lonely as a child. And I I didn't, you know, it just didn't feel or seem right to me. And so as a result of that, like I got very, very interested in making money really early on. But I also was really affected and impacted by my the programming and conditioning of my mother and of my grandparents well, which you know were these limiting beliefs around you have to work really really hard yeah. for money and yeah. and in the working really really hard you don't make a lot of it and you have to have multiple jobs and you know be you know and living paycheck to paycheck and yeah so it was so I, you know, started out life and career and working. I had my first job when I was 13 and I never not had one or two jobs from that point forward because I wanted my own money and I wanted to be independent. And yeah, so there was just a lot of, a lot of programming, a lot of conditioning that came along with it. And also with having it be, you know, a single mom who was, you know, really imprinted in me how important it was for me to be independent and not ever depend on a man for money. And, you know, now at 40 years old, 40, mid 40s, I look back and I'm like, wow, like that was a real detriment to me because what it created in my life was an inability to come into partnership with and be held by the masculine financially. Like, in fact, I created scenarios and situations in my life where I was the sole breadwinner and never was financially supported mm-hmm. because of that programming and conditioning from a very early age. So we don't really realize how much that stuff actually impacts us until we really do dive in and start doing the work. Wow, that, that's that's a beautiful, beautiful answer. And there's so many aspects of consciousness that you hit on there, right? The dance between the, 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 the masculine and the feminine and how successful women are very much programmed and conditioned like you are, your classic example of and my own money, create my own money, work hard, step into that masculine energy. Right? Masculine energy is many things, and one of the things that is a structure and doing shit and getting things done. Now, you can do that from your feminine, or you can do that from your masculine, because of this patriarchy, right, that we've been living in for centuries, millennia, 
there's a very strong masculine energy that's present in all of us that gets passed down to us culturally and obviously through our parents, right? And this is where most of our conditioning and programming comes from, is our, is our parents. It's just bringing this awareness, like what programming and conditioning is in your life, right? As, as, as we kind of produce this podcast, that's, that's the rhetorical question I'm asking. Right? And that goes to the first point we made around, well, what's the step I can take into this world of change and transformation? It's like, okay, what have I been programmed with that isn't serving me right now? And I know your, your story is really unique because you kind of embodied this work hard, make my own money. And I know you built seven-figure businesses. And I also know that you lost it as well, right? And so I'd love to hear about that part of the journey and the story and what was going on for you in that life. And, you know, where you were in your consciousness when you created all this wealth because you were programmed with this work hard, make my own money, right? And you embodied that, which a lot of women, successful women have. They've made a lot of money. And that shift into this consciousness of, well, is this really serving me? Is this another way? Is there a more defined, more kind of, yeah, connected way to universal source I can do this? Well, so I've made and lost multiple millions of dollars multiple times. And <laughs> and I've done it in several different industries. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, look like I, the first thing I guess that I'll just say is that I was born with the spirit of an entrepreneur. And I don't know if that was something that was programmed or conditioned or was just innate. I think that that partially that's just part of my uh, hologenetic makeup and who I came here to be. So I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit and I've always had a pioneering spirit. So I want to go first. I want to be first. I want to pave the way. I want to cut down the trees. And as a result of that, I have had a lot of successes and I've had a lot of failures. And so for me, failure has never been negative. I mean, it's not fun while you're in it, certainly, wow. but it's always been a part of who I've been through my entrepreneurial journey and my work and career life. Okay. So yeah. And I think that, you know, obviously how I've stepped into and created those different wealth in those different industries, yeah. I've been at very different states of consciousness along the way. So, you know, originally it was in addiction treatment and I was, you know, had not had any kind of spiritual reawakening. I was you know, just working hard and in the trenches and pioneering and doing something that nobody had ever done in my area previously and bringing people into collaboration who had previously been opposed to any type of collaboration. And that created a lot of success for me. Um, it was my family business. And so it was sort of like, it was something I knew through, I always would say like, oh, I knew it through osmosis because I grew up in it. So I was good at it, even though I hated it and didn't like it, I was good at it. And then my spiritual reawakening came around and I realized I was completely miserable doing what I was doing. And I had created a life for myself that was the life that I believed I was supposed to have. Again, programming and conditioning. It was the multi-million dollar house on the hill the expensive cars, the kids in private school, the country club membership, the, you know, on the school board, the head of the PTA, like I was doing all the things that the perfect mother, the perfect wife, the successful businesswoman was supposed to do. And I was miserable. I was literally dying inside. My relationships with my children were shit because all I was doing was like, doing all the things that my mom couldn't do for me, right? That I thought made me a good mother, but I didn't didn't have an actual soul connection with my kids. My marriage was falling apart 
you know, I, I was playing out this pattern of like, how do I survive on my own? And I have to do everything on my own. And I have to make all the money by myself, which was emasculating my husband. So all these patterns were playing out. And then I started waking up. I started having my spiritual reawakening. And I was like, I hate all of this. Like, I don't even, I don't want any of this, (laughs) you know, that I've spent my (laughs) whole life building. And I proceeded to implode my very successful addiction treatment businesses. And I lost $3 million, ended up a million dollars in debt, lost our house, lost a car, was three hours away from being homeless. Like it was crazy shit, you know? And, you know, from that point, I, I built back and I built a online coaching business. And I did that from, you know, stepping much more into feminine energy and manifestation and creation work and got, you know, was very fortunate at the time that I actually stepped into the online space. Like a lot of people made a lot of money in those years. My business was all divine guidance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it it was and is, and you know, like it was a beautiful time and I created an incredible life for myself, but I have a knack for building beautiful prisons. I love that term. (laughs) Explain more, please. I have an ability to manifest and create the life that I think I'm supposed to be living. Mm. Like I am a master manifester and I always have been. And so there's always been a part of me that really doesn't understand or hasn't understood because it wasn't modeled for me and I didn't see it. What holistic wealth looks like, what having wealth in all areas of your life looks like. I was around broken relationships and broken people and mental health disorders and alcoholism and drug addiction. And, you know, like I was raised in dysfunction. So my ideas of what was going to make me happy was safety, stability, security, and material possessions. And so even after I lost everything, what I rebuilt with my coaching business, I thought was a life of freedom, but it wasn't. It was that view and that vision that we saw of online coaches. I mean, I I sold everything I owned. I moved to Bali. I lived in a multi-million dollar mansion right on the beach. I lived the making millions of dollars, spending millions of dollars. I lived the life that that attraction marketing life that everybody wanted to achieve. I created it for myself, but it was a prison. It was a prison where ultimately I was still unhappy and I was still working 14 to 16 hour days and wasn't present with my children. And my marriage did fall apart eventually. (laughs) And, you know, like I, I created a life for myself that from the outside, everybody was like, she has the most incredible life that's the life I want to live. But the reality is I wasn't happy. And so as the realization of not being happy started coming into my awareness, because the reality of me is like, I'm continually growing, expanding, doing the work, searching deeply inside of myself for what's uncovered. I'm, you know, the freaking queen of shadow work and burning everything down and rising from the ashes. I have literally a Phoenix tattoo on my arm because that is so much my reality. And I had a massive income crash in my business. And now on the other side of that building back, like building millions back again, the realization that I've had this time is that, you know, there are ambition is a double-edged sword and achievement is a double-edged sword. 
And we have to be really careful about what we're crafting and what we're creating in our day-to-day lives. And for me, the desire right now is not money. It's not financial. It is peace and contentment and happiness and integrity and congruency and love in my relationships. And that to me is right now, like what true wealth is. And so as a result of that, I'm building very differently and the money's coming more slowly. And I know that like, if today I wanted to be like, I want to have a $50,000 weekend, it's 11, 11, you know, tomorrow, like I could manifest a $50,000 weekend, but ultimately the $50,000 doesn't make me happy. And so it's just been, it's, it's a continual repatterning all the time for me. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. There's so, there's so much in that. Mostly what I received from that was this infectious energy that you bring, Leah. It's, and I'm sure my listeners, our listeners will be able to feel that energy and be like, wow, who is this woman? And the story that goes with it is very inspiring. It's very shit. Let me, let me go and take some action, right? Let me go and, let me go and dive in into this world of spirituality and consciousness. Let me see what it has to offer me. So, so thank you for sharing that story with the passion and the energetic force that you delivered with, with and such authenticity as well. And there were so many things in there that, that you know, I want to explore. And I'm actually going to explore, start with this, the money part, right? And building money from a, from a prison. And I'm going to be really honest and vulnerable with you. So yesterday, I... I'm going to be very conscious of my words. I, the client transitioned out of my life, right? And this was a client that exchange was five figures a month, right? So it was, it was in my mind, the story, this was quite an abundant client who was rewarding me abundantly, which I deserve. And that's kind of ended. And I'm like, okay, well, what money programs have been activated, what money stories have been activated for me, where am I at, what am I believing, what choices am I making as this experience and this challenge has showed up in my life. And the fact that you just shared what you've shared, I'm like, oh, this conversation is meant to happen because Leah's actually coaching me right now, right? Her story is making me remember who I truly am and what my passion is and what my kind of focus and energy is going to be channeled into. So let's talk about that, right? Money programming. And one of my programs is very similar to yours. I I am great at creating wealth. And one of my limiting beliefs is that I'm not worthy of money. So I, like you, very similar, created lots of money in my life and lost lots of money in my life. Right. And right now I'm thinking, oh, Hader, is this another situation where you created this amazing client that was rewarding you abundantly? And now it's gone. So, yeah, I love, I love to I love to explore that belief about where this this kind of element of worthiness comes from and how we kind of can transcend that and create money and retain wealth. Right. And while I'm talking about money, I know you use wealth in many aspects of life. And I'm specifically talking about money wealth. Yeah. I mean, look like the, it always, always comes down to do I feel worthy and deserving and am I enough? And 
and, and I don't care who you are, you know, like I have friends that are billionaires. I have friends that many, many friends who are multimillionaires and we all have it, mm. you know, like we all have it. And I think the shifts have to ultimately come down to, am I worthy of holding it? And, you know, I, I can't actually tell you that I have this part figured out because mm. I'm really good at it sometimes and other times I'm not. But what I can tell you is, is that when I am dedicated and disciplined in my personal work of reaffirming to myself who I am and who I came here to be, and I am leading from a heart of service mm. and I am giving of mm. myself, all of that stuff seems to work itself out. It is when I fall out of integrity with the highest expression of who I came here to be that I can't hold it or that I step into an energy or frequency of chasing or, you know, which is the kind of that double-edged sword I was talking about with ambition. Ambition can either be an insatiable drive for more, 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 or ambition can be I'm living my life, life usefully and I'm showing up humbly. Yeah. as a servant of God to my, to the collective God source universe, all that is, whatever you call it. Right. Yeah. Don't get hung up on the term. Uh, adjust accordingly. As I say, adjust accordingly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm being of service to my fellow man. Like when we operate from that place, like I, I believe that we can't not be wildly resourced, but our human you know, and our ego, it gets in the way. And then we're like, oh, but I need more or I need this or this person has that. And, you know, comparisonitis and jealousy and envy and like all of these very human emotions that we feel start to play a role. And then we fall out of that expression, that highest expression of who we came here to be. So, you know, for me, like when I'm actually being dedicated and disciplined, as I said, in that staying anchored into who I am at my core, and my highest integrity, then that stuff actually just seems to work itself out because I inherently know and believe that I am worthy when I'm showing up in the highest expression of who I am. When I'm in those other states of consciousness, especially chasing or not enough or needing more, then ultimately, innately, I don't feel worthy of it. Mm. I don't feel deserving of it. That, that's that's very beautiful and i'm going to give our listeners like a live example of that and i'm going to use myself as an example to embody everything you've just said because like you i know that when we are faced with these challenges and these limited beliefs come up right like you said the ego the barking dog as i like to call it starts barking and tells me that i'm not worthy and i'm not enough and i'm not capable in that moment i have a choice to make Am I going to dedicate myself to to my to my mission, right? To to my joy. Am I following my joy? Am I am I focusing my energy on what I choose to create in this energy of high service, or am I just going to go back into my victimhood, my victim mentality? And I had this choice yesterday, right? We had this podcast booked in. I woke up this morning. And I'm like, oh, I feel so shitty. I feel so shitty. I'm gutted. I've lost this client. What does it mean for me? Blah, 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 blah. The story started showing the barking dog was having a field day. Should I cancel? Should I cancel? Leah, Leah will understand. She knows it. She's a conscious being. And I was like, no. Can I trust? And you, you made reference to this in your statement about, you know, things kind of work out, right? And we're talking about trust frequency right there. Can I trust that I'm going to show up in the exact state that I need to show up and 
create something that's going to be for my joy and it's going to be received in a way that will help people in some way. And I was like, yeah, that's that's where my energy is. I'm going to show up and, and record this beautiful podcast with you and have this kind of amazing dance that we're having right now. So that's an example of making the conscious choice of, yes, the limiting belief, the barking dog was loud. And yet the choice was, I'm still going to choose creation. I'm still going to choose this, what we're doing right now. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, this is the service piece, right? Like there's a lot of times that we don't feel like doing something. And for me, like what I always say to myself, if I've made a commitment or if it's like, I, I'm meant to be showing up like this podcast for you is about being of service. You're not getting paid for it, right? Like you're being of service. You are putting something out into the world. Now, hopefully you're going to get paid for it at some point and you're going to monetize it. But <laughs> the idea behind it is to give to the collective, to make a difference in somebody's life, to help somebody. And so for me, like when I'm in those places of feeling like, oh, I don't want to do it or the dog's barking or the human is like, but I'm tired, but I'm this, but I'm that. Like the highest expression of myself says to my human, what does that have to do with anything? Mm. Like, what does that have to do with anything? If you died today and you went and met your creator and your creator was like, well, why didn't you show up and do that podcast that was going to impact this person's life and allow them to shift? And, you know, maybe it saved this person's life. You didn't feel like it. You were tired. You lost a five-year client. Is that going to be an okay answer for you to give to your creator in that moment? Like those are the those are the conversations that I have with myself, especially when it comes to things that I've committed to do that are are meant to be of service to other people. Because ultimately, how I feel doesn't matter. And the reality is, is that every single time that I show up when I don't feel like it, magic happens. Especially if what I'm showing up for is of service to the rest of humanity or the collective. I feel the magic. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, this is beautiful, right? It's beautiful where this is going. There was something else that been here as, we, as we've been speaking that's been like in my consciousness and my awareness around, I'm kind of shifting the conversation from action, you know, aligned action and following your joy and asking yourself the questions and being aware of your limiting beliefs to a very specific concept around working hard, okay? And it's a program and it's a condition that we are all, that's all present in us, that if I work hard, I get rewarded in X, Y, Z, right? Normally work hard, rewarded with money, work hard, rewarded with wealth. And in my own journey into spirituality and consciousness, yes, from a very early on in, in, in one's journey of awakening, it comes into our awareness, this is just a bullshit rule, right? Work hard be rewarded is a very three-dimensional program that's present and for me and something that I struggled with actually is like okay well what's the nuance here right because I choose to create a beautiful business that is abundant in its nature and I don't just I just mean money abundance is money just a small part of abundance as we talked about wealth I choose to create a beautiful business business and that requires time and dedication right so what's the nuance between saying you know, and I've heard this actually, like all these all these new age spiritual people, they just sit around the beach and, you know, meditate all day and don't do much else. 
straight from the devil. That does not happen. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so yeah, so I'm actually exploring, okay, this nuance between work hard in the conventional way that we've been told and then create like what I call a 5D business, right? 5D consciousness was this expanded player's consciousness where there's unlimited wealth. There's no such thing as scarcity of fear. Everything is divine in its nature and it's coming from a soul aligned place. How do we shift from a 3D business where you need to work hard and you take action to a 5D business where you also need to take action, right? You also need to kind of spend time and dedicate yourself. What's the nuance for you? Well, look, I mean, this may be an unpopular opinion with you or even on this podcast and the listeners of All this is podcast. Welcome. All is welcome here. The reality is that we live in a three we live in a 3D reality. Yeah. Yeah. Like we we look through, we operate in, we are influenced by the 3D. And so as much as we would like to spiritually bypass that reality away and be like, oh, we can just operate in 5D consciousness. Like that's not the reality. So the reality is that to build something that is substantial in the 3D, it does require work. It does require that we show up. It does require, you know, long days sometimes and showing up when we don't want to sometimes and doing things that we don't particularly want to do that don't feel aligned to us sometimes. Now, Obviously, you know, you and I and the listeners of this podcast are on a journey of expansion and growth and are in a place where we want to step into higher states of consciousness and we want to operate more from 5D consciousness and aligned action. And so I think that that we have to, one, recognize and realize that we live in a 3D reality and two understand that in the striving for that elevation of consciousness, we get to shift and change those business practices. It doesn't mean we get to fully step away from the 3D because that's not reality. But can we step further into our integrity about the types of businesses and the type of business that we're doing, the people that we're surrounding ourselves with, the people that we're collaborating with and partnering with? Can we come into you know, alignment, like if, if we want to be operating more in, in higher states of consciousness, are we partnering with people who have that same goal and vision? Like those are the things I think that, that ease the programming, conditioning and difficulty of 3D business. Can we, you know, when we're in integrity and again, when we're when our goal is to be in the highest expression of who we are, to, to have a heart of service, to be operating from a, an energy of compassion with other human beings, then I think that it's almost like we flow, we fall into like what I, what I feel like when I visualize it is like the universal current. And when we're in the universal current, things are way easier. Like, you know, when we're not in the universal current, it's like we're trying to run forward into a fire hose and it's not flow. It's not smooth. It's like pushing shit uphill. Like that's what it is when we're not in the universal current and we're just in this, this place of 3D business and that programming and that conditioning. But when we step into, okay, who am I here to be? What am I here to be doing? How can I come into full integrity with the highest expression of who I am? and do business from that place and operate from a heart of compassion and move forward in life from a place of service. Then we drop into that universal current 
And that feels amazing because that feels like flow. That's states of overflow. That's super flow. That's, that is business in the 5D. Like that, that to me is what that is. And you still need to balance your books at the end of the month. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's still 3D business, but the goal is to be operating in the universal current, not drinking from the fire hose. (laughs) Yeah. And look, that's a very beautiful answer. And what what's present for me here is that this question came to me as you were speaking in your flow. I was like, is the is the is the 3D business running you or are you running the 3D business? And here's what I mean by by that, right? We live in a 3D reality. Absolutely. So we get to create from this dimension. And can we infuse our 3D business with everything that you just talked about, right? This higher frequency, this frequency of flow and trust and surrender and co-creation and everything that your heart is aligned with. Can we infuse that 5D consciousness, let's call it 5D consciousness or 5D frequencies into your 3D business? Knowing, like you said, there's a PL, right? There's a profit and loss, there's a balance sheet <laughs> to, to kind of honor, right? Let's honor that. Let's honor, let's honor the business. So I guess the nuance is take your 3D world, see it for what it is, and don't be run by it. And, and it's just not your business, right? It's every, it extrapolates to every, every aspect of your life. And now we're talking about business. Is it, are you running the 3D business or yeah. is it running you? And yeah. this is what happens. Like when I, that, what I was speaking about in like building the beautiful prisons. Yeah. I yeah. let the 3D run me. I wasn't running. You know what I mean? I wasn't tapping into personal integrity and values and the highest expression of who I came here to be. Like I was allowing that model of business, even, you know, and even spirituality, like there, there is just as insidious and horrible programming in new age spirituality and, and rooms of elevated consciousness as there is in the 3d reality. So I think it's so important that we, again, we just keep coming back to our connection to our higher self and source. Like, That has to be our, you know, the source point. That has to be the pillar point of our life. And I think yeah. if we if we tap into that, then absolutely we yeah. get to run the 3D versus the 3D running us. Yeah, look, and, and the other aspect that's coming through for me right now is that you and I had a beautiful conversation, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, just friends catching up and it was high frequency. And I was like, Leah, this should be on the podcast. <laughs> and it was around now, around this very beautiful point that you made about how we've come from higher consciousness and we're here to live a human life, right? And my experience of, or an aspect of my experience of spirituality is yes, people, and you use this term, like to spiritually bypass the current reality, what's present for them in this reality, right? And, and lower energy, like fear, like sadness, like grief, like anger, like frustration, is like frowned upon. It's like, and in terms of the self-judgment, I know I've been very kind of, I don't want to say guilty because I think that's a low-frequency word. There you go, right? And be conscious of my language. I don't want to say certain words because they represent certain things. And when I go into kind of frustration and anger, there's a there's a level of judgment that comes in. Like, oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't be feeling like this. I'm I'm a spiritual being. I'm connected to source. 
you know, I have an open channel. I, you know, I channel things, I channel information. I'm so intuitive, blah, blah, blah. The stories of spiritual ego come in, right? Be raw, be human. Allow, your, allow yourself to be angry and frustrated, you know, sad, fearful, and recognize and accept that's the state you're in because that's what we've come here to experience. Like you said, right? Let's honor what's in front of us in terms of in that moment, how am I feeling? And can I honor that? Yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if we just look at the reality of it, we can't experience higher frequency without lower, without the experience of lower frequency, we don't experience higher frequency. Without experiencing density, we don't experience lightness. So without those, and, and the reality is, is that, yeah, like, like we were talking about a week or so ago, or whenever it was, we were having that conversation. It's like, we came here to experience the mess. Like we came here for the anger. We came here here for the frustration. Like that is the whole point of this thing. And Mm -hmm. as much as we want to be like, Oh, we're, you know, we're trying and we're working to achieve higher consciousness. We came from that. So we actually came here to live in the mess and to have the human experience. And it's, and, and I think like the, the goal is to like experience those things and allow them to move through our states of being. Like we don't want to get stuck or stagnant in the anger or in the frustration or in the greed or in the envy or in the sadness like that. It's not about, you know, when we get stagnant and we get stuck in that place, then, you know, yeah, certainly we need to shift out of that. But to have those very real human experiences and emotions, like it's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful gift. And when we start looking at each of those moments as a gift, then we actually are able to recognize the blessing that comes on the other side of it. But without the grief, without the anger, without the frustration, without the rage, we don't experience the ecstasy or the joy or the beauty or the lightness or the happiness. Like it's not possible. So we we should really learn to embrace and not try to bypass those denser experiences or emotions because there's so much beauty in it and without that we don't live the full human experience that's a beautiful point you keep saying beautiful but it's all beauty right is that can you see the beauty and can you find the joy in the anger in the sadness in the in the envy and for me that was like a conceptual idea right like i came across this idea as part of my journey, as you have, because you're talking about it so eloquently. And I was like, okay, yeah, I love that idea. That resonates with me, right? Everything, you can see the beauty in any situation. And great, I get it on a conceptual idea, on a, on a conceptual level. And then experiences happen, challenges happen. You know, my parents passed away and I was fucking sad and I was angry and I was hurt and I felt abandoned and all those dense emotions, they were all present. Right. And I remember this was about a year and a half ago. I remember like I was doing something, doing some work at home, and I suddenly remember my dad. And I was like, I fucking miss you, Dad. I really miss you. I'm not getting emotional as I speak about it. And I started crying. Right. I, I, there was this, this intense sadness in my heart, and, I, and, and you know, and I started crying. And I was, I was really still with, the, with this, what I was feeling. And then just suddenly, I felt this overwhelming joy that here was my human 
crying and grieving for his dad, longing for his father's love. And I was like, oh my God, isn't this so beautiful that I'm experiencing this sadness, but I'm also experiencing this level of joy and beauty. And for me, I made that crossover, right? I made the crossover from the conceptual into the visceral, into actually this is an embodied feeling. I actually know what it feels like now to feel the joy in my grief. Yeah. And it came through me being really still and really honoring the fact that I miss my dad, right? And going past the spiritual part, oh, you know, attachment causes you to miss and attachment causes you to kind of experience in these human emotions and attachment is wrong and bad. And in the spiritual world, we're trying to bypass and move past attachment, right? All that was playing out in my journey. And in the moment I fully accepted my sadness, like I said, I was able to experience beauty in that grief, beauty in that sadness. So it's just, yeah, just to kind of go on from what you were saying around, you know, we're here to experience it and can we find the beauty in those challenging moments? Yeah, I love that. Like it's, yeah, you know, we like, we want to be these perfectly conscious beings and it's like almost like, the vision of that is like this person who's like a Stepford wife that only experiences like joy and happiness and higher consciousness. And it's just like, that's just not the reality. And the truth also is that when we allow ourselves to just have those human experiences, like so many people, because of the society that we live in and the programming and conditioning, especially men, like it's not okay to express anger. It has to be repressed. And so we've got a, a society of men repressing their anger that's now coming out sideways. And it's like, how good does it actually feel to just be like, no, I'm fucking angry. Like, enrage for five minutes, for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, allow yeah. that to come out and pass yeah. through. Like, yeah. then we're not repressing or stifling yeah anger anger is a a great one and let's quickly talk about anger and i'd also love to talk about what you touched on about you know masculine energy and i know you're a mother of two boys and i'm going to take the conversation and shift it onto there but very quickly let's talk about anger and in my own experience of anger I, i was someone that grew up in a very violent environment not towards me but you know there was a lot of aggression in my family and i was like shit i don't like this so I'm not going to be part of that because that's not me. I'm not, I'm not angry and I'm not aggressive. So I built up this program of, and this kind of habit of just completely repressing and suppressing my anger and not knowing what to do with it because if I expressed it and the only, the only kind of expression of my anger, which I thought was, was violence, right? I was like, oh, I only know anger is in violence. So I can't express this anger because I'm not safe to express it because anger equates to violence in my world, right, in my programming. So it was a lifetime of repression of anger, suppression of my anger. And when I realized, actually, it's really healthy and it's actually very spiritual. It's called it very spiritual to accept your anger and, like you said, let it pass through you to alleviate yourself of this burden, right, of carrying this energy, that's this density that was stuck in my lower chakras. And I actually realized, okay, there's healthy ways you can release anger. One of the healthy ways I, I release anger is firstly to acknowledge it and then go and hit a punch back. 
right? But from a place of consciousness, right? It's not from a place of let me let me elevate this feeling of anger and bring in someone that's made me angry. No, I do it like I'm here to release energy. And whatever comes from that intention, I allow to be present. And I kind of, you know, release the anger. And, and like you said, right, men, and this is what I want to make a correlation between you being a mother of two boys, men are very much taught there's only one way to express anger, and that comes out in unhealthy violence. Do you love to get your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look, like, I've raised three boys now. My husband... My ex-husband had a son that I've had full custody of since yeah. he was 11 and we totally messed up with him, like very much like imparted the programming and conditioning that we were taught. My ex-husband had extreme, extreme anger issues and rage issues that, you know, he early in life expressed and then became afraid of and then repressed. Um, and so there was a lot of control of our oldest son. And then when my middle son, who's about to turn 18, tomorrow, he turns 18 tomorrow, when he came along, had that same kind of programming and conditioning until about the time he was 11. And then at that point, we were like, this does not work. <laughs> like, we're not doing this anymore. And really encouraged him to express himself. But he is a very soft natured person. He, he yes. is like, one of the most kind human beings I've ever met in my life. Like, it is proof that children do not like share genetic traits personality traits with their parents because he's like uh, well, you're kind i know you're kind Leah, so come on yes but i mean he's just extraordinarily kind human being but then we had our youngest son and we he's just a full experiment we're like no programming no conditioning be who you want unschool yourself no educational institutions no like and he is the most emotionally literate of our children because he hasn't been told you can't express that. In fact, like when he gets angry, there's we have some boundaries around mm. what that looks like and how he can express it. But he's always encouraged to express it when he's sad, when he's angry, when he's pissed off, when he's frustrated. Like, and he and as a result, he is so emotionally literate. And he can actually give word and expression and speak to his emotions in ways that my other children can't. And he had, I mean, he moves through things so quickly because no one's ever said to him, oh, you can't act like that. Or, oh, you can't do that. Or, you know, don't cry or be quiet or, you know, and, and we're not perfect. And certainly we have said those things from time to time, but we also have been very careful about trying to catch ourselves in that. And, you know, he is a he is a little warrior like his spirit his spirit is a warrior we've been told some crazy things about him and who he's come here to be and so i feel like with him our job is to teach him kindness and compassion mm -hmm. but enable him and allow him to express his anger and his rage because it is absolutely what he's here to it is a gift that he's here to bring to this planet right like his full expression of that part of himself yeah, I mean, I just from just looking at that, the th the three children and how they've been raised and the combination of programming and conditioning that they received or didn't receive, I, you know, 100%, my youngest actually has the most ability to hold and control himself appropriately in different scenarios and situations, but he also doesn't sugarcoat stuff. You know, and he's not like going to be like I'm fine when he's not. 
and he's not mm. going to, you know, he calls it like it is. And we laugh like we have this saying in my family when somebody says something that like isn't necessarily appropriate or like that somebody doesn't want to hear, like from a little from a little boy, he would be like, if anyone would be like, oh, it's not nice to say that, he'd be like, Well, it's true. So we have this saying in my house. Like I someone's like, well, this it's like, well, it's true. <laughs> yeah, you can't deny truth, right? There's gonna be lots of women with children that are listening to this. And it's something I kind of want to circle back to what we first kind of talked about, or it was in our first kind of exchange around masculine and feminine and how you were very much in your masculine in the way you were living your life and how you made that transition into the feminine from the viewpoint of being a mother, right? And actually it, it applies, it doesn't just apply to, to mothers because we're talking about a way of being, a state of being, right? This feminine energy and how what you've noticed in the transition you've made in the way you're interacting with your voice from moving from that masculine energy to a more kind of balanced and being in your feminine. Yeah. I mean, I think the interesting thing for me is again, like it kind of goes back to this, like the spiritual, the spirituality, the new age spirituality programming, right? Like I was told all through my spiritual journey that I was too masculine. I was too much in my masculine. I was shamed by so many spiritual women Mm. that were like in their feminine and embodied you know, and so I, there was just always, I always felt like there was a lot of judgment on me about how I was and how, like, how I was behaving and and my states of being. And I think actually for me, what I, the shift that happened was that I realized that it actually isn't and wasn't about, am I in my masculine or am I in my feminine or how am I showing up? It was just like, what is the heart and soul connection to my children? And how am I relating to them and meeting them where they're at in this moment? And sometimes that requires me to be more in my masculine. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that requires me to be more in my feminine or more in my structure and or more in my nurturing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's all, it's all yin yang, right? Yang, yin and yang energy, I guess is probably a better way to put it because I, I feel like we all at certain times have more yin and at other times have more yang and that yang is more more yang is more appropriate in some scenarios and situations and more yin is more appropriate in some scenarios and situations but for me i think that what really shifted for me was presence and yeah. that my role as a mother is my most important job um and that my career and my purpose work is not the most important thing for me to be doing and focused on in this 3D experience, that it is actually the parenting of my children and being a mother and the presence, like presence with them is the most important thing because I'm not like you ask my children, I am not an overly nurturing parent. Like they go to their dad for that. Like if they have, if they get hurt or they get injured or they're sad about something, like they go to their dad. Like that's just, like those are the dynamics in the relationship. But yeah, I think it's, for me, it's just more presence in being able to emotionally relate to whatever they're going through in the moment. And then be, you know, again, it goes back to that, like when I'm working on my personal integrity and being in the highest expression of who I came here to be, I actually have the ability to enter into right relation with them in whatever 
situation or scenario they've got going on in their lives. And they're aware of that. Like that's innately, they know when I'm in that state of consciousness or when I'm not. And when I'm in it, they feel safe and they feel safe to share and they feel safe to show up and and be honest about where they are and how they're feeling. And when I'm not, they're like, whatever, whatever, lady. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> well, it's quite transformational what you're saying there, right? Because because the message is so powerful if if people can kind of pick out the message. Like, like the message I've received in what you just said is is presence. Because when we're present, we allow the energies to kind of take over and do what they need to do. Because we're not in our thinking, Brian. We're not, we're not saying, right, I need to show up like this or I need to show up like that or I need to be this or I need to be that. We are so present in the moment with the person. We are so, we so see the person and where they're at and being so present with them allows this natural flow of what's needed and required in that moment. And that transcends whether you're in your, your masculine or your feminine because the natural state of presence allows the life force energy to be present, which is always guiding you, right? Which is always kind of leading you. When you're, especially when you're supporting someone or when you're parenting someone to do what's necessary in that moment. And this is the thing that I've learned in my own journey of conscious parenting as a father to a 11-year-old boy. The more present I am with him, the consciousness stuff takes care of itself because presence is consciousness, consciousness is presence, right? And if I can master present moment awareness and present moment consciousness, then everything else just takes care of itself. Thank you very much for bringing us back to, you know, present moment awareness, present moment consciousness. I think this is probably a great place to kind of end. Thank you very much, Leah. This was amazing. We're going to do this again because there's so much, so many other things that I want to talk about, especially around parenting and conscious parenting. Yeah, around your business and your journey. I think there's so much more to explore. Let's do it. I'm going to have you over on House of Wealth. Thank you for joining us on this incredible journey of exploring human potential. Now, it's your turn to take action and unleash your own greatness. Head over to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free and opt in for lots of free transformational tools. Embrace the knowledge and insights you've gained and start implementing them in your life today. Remember, the world is waiting for your incredible potential to shine.